keeping a home, opening a successful business. People, are you ready? Meet your personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lee. Get ready for Leave on the Loose, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. You're a player. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. Welcome back to the Liebcast. We're shifting topics. That first one was a big one, Lauren. It's just been something that's been eating away at me, and I feel like when we have a microphone, if we have a chance to let the 62% of Americans know that they're being heard, we can do that. Because 62% of you at least believe that, you know what, we can have racial equality and we can support our police. And when people protest and don't commit crimes, that's good. But if your protest is offending someone, why not shift your protest? And why are you protesting a protest instead of acknowledging the core issue of the protest and saying you have another thing to protest and having that issue come to fruition too? But I got to tell you, at least these people, Lauren, are protesting. I don't know if you read about what's going on in Canada right now, in Halifax, but in Canada, forget protesting. I'm reading this article by David Brennan in Newsweek. I don't know if you read this. If you haven't, wild. A Canadian landlord's had enough. He has these tenants that don't pay rent. They haven't paid rent since their lease expired at the end of April. So he's, if you're a landlord like me, you're probably going, How come they only care about the renters? No one's helping the landlords out here. And we're going to get into in a little while about what the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, have to say to this. And this is my sweet spot because, as you know, I have a public health master's in public health, and I'm an attorney. And the intersection between the CDC and rental laws is fascinating. And my father, if you're listening, Pops, See, it was worthwhile to get that master's. He always said to me, my father's a lawyer, David Lieb, and he started my law firm, and he'd say to me, I'm wasting his time and mine going to get a master's in public health. If I want to learn public health, what does that have to do with law? And yeah, I always He actually said, said go to the library. He did. He told me. He would call me. I got a free master's, and they actually paid me when I was getting my master's. I got in, and I, anyway, you don't need to know. And he would call me every day and be like, if you want to learn public health, go to the library. That's what he'd say to me. And I would be like, dad, you know, most parents across America would be very proud that their child's getting paid to get a master's. Like they paid me. I didn't pay them. Like it was a much better situation. But anyway, we get into the CDC on this one. But this Canadian landlord, here's what he's doing. He removes the doors, the windows, the kitchen facilities. (laughs) I love this guy because he's trying to get rid of these tenants that just won't leave and won't pay him. He actually has an order for bailiffs to forcibly remove the tenants if that's necessary. And I'm reading about this and I'm saying to myself, I imagine that's how many landlords are feeling these days. I I don't know if you know. definitely dreaming about it. Like I was dreaming about it. I'm going to tell you, Ready? So far since this pandemic started, we've had the CARES Act moratorium. We've had FHA moratorium. That's Fair Housing Administration. I mean, federal housing, uh, whatever. I can't speak sometimes. So FHA moratorium. We've had the Fannie and Freddie moratorium. We just got the CDC moratorium. There's the New York Executive Order moratorium. 
There's the New York Office of Court Administration moratorium. There's so many moratoriums that say a landlord can't evict their tenant. I don't, and one applies to single family homes, one applies to multifamily homes, one applies to commercial, one applies to residential, one applies to a federally backed mortgage that is in the home. I can't keep up with this and I'm a lawyer. And it, you keep reading about the headlines, Lauren. Like I'm reading this headline right now. I'm reading this headline and it's in Yahoo Money. It says foreclosure and eviction moratorium is extended through the end of the year. Yeah. Um, Dara Singh, who writes this, Yahoo, you got to get a little more specific because as I said, each applies to different things. And people, they, they're like this Canadian landlord in Halifax and what they're saying to themselves. And in the US, I don't know if you know, up to 40 million people are at risk of eviction. That means there's 40 million landlords. Maybe 20 million of people are living together. Let's assume around 20 million landlords. I'm just extrapolating because two people live in a home maybe. I don't know, some one, some one, some three, whatever. But let's go with 20 million approximate landlords that have tenants not paying their bills. And there's no government assistance for those landlords. Just throwing that one out. So this Canadian, this Canadian landlord takes it under his own hands. And what he does is he does what's called self-help. And I want you to listen to me. If you live in Wyoming, if you live in California, if you live in Texas, if you live in Halifax, before you do anything to take anything under your own power, before you go for a self-help eviction, before you turn off the electric, cut the water, before you take off the door, change the lock, before you have a mafia movie in front of their house with a scary big man to scare him to leave before you give him harassing phone calls. Before you do anything disturbing or threatening your tenants, be warned by the Liebcast that there are laws throughout the United States and the world that protect tenants from what's called a forcible or self-help eviction. And why do I bring that up to you? I bring that up to you because even in Halifax, they say, there's no law here in this case. That's what they're telling you in the article by David Brennan. And they say, and I, David Brennan, I don't know if you're a lawyer, but he says there's no law because the lease already expired. Well, guess what? In New York, I just want you to know, even if the lease expires, if you forcibly remove a tenant, here's what could happen to you. Number one, if you were to get rid of their water, the heat, their light, their power, elevator service, telephone service, or any other service that they're supposed to get, you could be charged with a violation, a criminal violation. It gets better. If you don't go to court, you don't get a warrant of eviction, you don't get a court order, and you force them or threaten them, you interrupt their services, you remove doors, change locks, you make it impossible for them to live there. That's a Class A misdemeanor. And with a Class A misdemeanor, did you know it's one to $10,000 exposure per violation? plus $100 per day up to until you restore it. Oh, here's the best part. There's also a lawsuit available to tenants. I got someone on LinkedIn that asked me this. They said they were uh, illegally kicked out of their place, changed the locks. A tenant who is unlawfully evicted, meaning there was no court order, no court proceeding, they just pushed you out, can sue the landlord for three times their damages from getting kicked out, plus the ability to move back in. That seems counterproductive. Not only are you not getting rent, but now you're getting sued. You owe the tenant money and you got to let them live there anyway. So we wanted to do a little 
This has been your public service announcement from the Leapcast. Newsweek, David Brennan, he's talking about this guy in Halifax. And I imagine you're reading like I am and you're getting motivated. And as Lauren said, you've been dreaming about this. I got to do something. And you've been dreaming about this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because you're going to make a bad situation worse. And so anyway, I was telling you about the CDC. Lauren and I think it's fascinating that the CDC is getting it on the eviction game. Well, it wasn't just a week ago they were saying that people didn't need to get tested? Well, yeah. So they, uh, I think the CDC put out a statement, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren. I think they said that if you are asymptomatic, I think that was the key word. They didn't say if you have symptoms, you shouldn't get tested. They said if you're asymptomatic, even if you've had exposure, you don't need to get tested. And then they also, I don't know if you've been noticing, the federal government, because people differentiate, but the CDC is just part of the federal government. It's an agency in the federal government. It's part of the federal government. And I read the federal government's telling me it's not such a big deal. In the Republican National Convention, they were they were cheering about Trump. They were saying he's been doing a great job with this. But here's what CDC says, because, you know, I always like to read. So CDC issued what's called an agency order. And if you want to read the agency order, all you got to do is go to my blog, blog.leabatlaw.com. And I put up an article about this agency order and I give you the hyperlink. But when an agency does an agency order, they need a justification, a legal justification, a basis for the justification. And I went right to the justification section because I said, I was under the impression that Ben Carson I don't know if you know Ben, he's a doctor, not like the person we were talking to the first hour with the PhD, but he's Dr. Ben Carson, which is interesting that he's in charge of HUD, housing and urban development, because in the Trump administration, we have the neurosurgeon dealing with housing, but that's a whole nother story. And I guess maybe you do need to be a neurosurgeon to be able to understand housing laws. I've been telling my clients that for years. They keep saying they don't, uh, see, you need to be a, maybe, maybe next Trump is going to have, and I think this is a good idea. He should have a rocket scientist run HUD next. So I can tell everyone that you'd have to either be a neurosurgeon or a rocket scientist to understand real estate law. I like that. You're making me make more money. But anyway, CDC, here's what they say in their justification. Quotes, over 174,000 deaths due to the disease. And I just want to stop there because as I always tell you, I have a master's in public health and I've noticed an issue with CDC recently. What they said recently, there was an article that came out that said, only 6% of the deaths were only caused by coronavirus. And people have been jumping on that and been going, well, then coronavirus isn't deadly. It's not a big deal. And I'm thinking to myself, most cancer people don't die from cancer. They die from something else. They have multiple causes of death. That's the same thing with HIV. Usually one disease creates other ailments and exacerbates other problems. So if you're thinking you're protected from what CDC just said, that only 6% were only, I think that's terrifying, only 6% 6 of the deaths are 100% with no other reasons, I don't want to die. That's my my premise here because I feel like I, I like living. I'm a big fan of that. So anyway, CDC says over 174,000 deaths are due to the disease, and the disease meaning COVID. And comparing it, this is what they quote, to the peak mortality observed during the 1918 H1N1 influenza pandemic. That's fascinating. They're saying that this is equivalent. This is comparable. This is similar to the 1918 pandemic. And then we have people on the news going, it's just like the flu. Don't worry. 
We're just people that chose that they're over it. Yeah, we, we were talking to someone the other day, and she goes, does, I'm just over this COVID. Well, I'm over it. It's just not over it. Like, if if COVID was over it, I'd be all for it. But I don't think the COVID cares if you're a Republican, a Democrat, if you're black, if you're brown, if you're gay, if you're straight. I think the COVID just comes and gets you. And I don't, I don't, COVID, I respect you. If COVID is listening, I want you to know that Lauren and I, are not over you. We are in deep fear of you. So anyway, (laughs) you don't know. Maybe COVID's got an attitude. Maybe COVID, I I don't know. So anyway, CDC goes on and they say, eviction moratoria like quarantine, isolation, and social distancing can be an effective public health measure utilized to prevent the spread of communicable diseases. So I guess what we're hearing from Trump's CDC, Trump, I give you credit for this. Stop saying in the media that Trump is not worried about the pandemic. And any of you people that are watching uh, conservative pundits and saying it's not a real pandemic and we don't have to worry about Trump CDC just told us it's just as bad as the 1918 pandemic and we need to have eviction like moratorium. Trump is a real estate guy. So if Trump is saying that he's on the landlord side, Trump, we're buddies like that, landlords, and Trump is worried about this and saying that we need to have quarantine, isolation, social distancing because it's a public health emergency. And I've been telling you, I have a master's in public health. I get it. So anyway, this new agency order from the CDC is perhaps the most sweeping of them all. I wrote an article in the Law Journal recently, Lauren, that a lot of these federal moratorium, they're bupkis. And why are they bupkis? Like, so there's the CARES Act one. There's the FHA one. There's the Fannie Freddie one. Why are they bupkis? Because they don't have any teeth. They don't have any ramifications if a landlord violates it. You see, the state ones are much more important. Why? We have two different court systems. We have the federal system and the state system. Turns out almost all eviction proceedings are in the state system. So if there's a federal law that doesn't prevent you from doing anything and then people prosecute in the state system, what do you got there? So what did I write in my Law Journal article? I wrote, listen up, tenants. Tenants, I'm worried. Trump's worried. We're worried together. We're worried about the 1918 comparable deaths we're having right now. And there's a public health emergency. Just because you heard that there's a moratorium doesn't mean your landlord can't start evicting against you. That's what I wrote in my article. And it's important in the Lord Journal. I put this article out there and I want people to know that. Because the fact that it's a moratorium is a defense to the eviction proceeding. But simply to ignore the eviction proceeding is to lose the lawsuit. So let's imagine, Lauren, you're a tenant. I sue you. I serve you. You have a process server. My man, Victor, comes and gives you a process service. And you go, you call your mom. You say, Mom, it's Lauren. I got this service. And mom says to you, well, I read in Yahoo Money. I read this article from Dara. She says there's a moratorium on evictions. Forget it. Don't pay attention. They don't know what they're doing, stupid landlord. And you forget it. And the next thing you know is that they go forward with eviction. The next thing you know is they go forward with eviction. Where are you now? Evicted. So what am I telling people? Yes, there's the New York State Office of Court Administration, and they have a pause right now until further notice on evictions. But who knows when that notice expires? Who knows if it will coordinate with a federal one? If you get sued for eviction, you need to answer and defend yourself and assert what's called an affirmative defense, which means irrespective of who's right or wrong, I have this defense. You have to assert legally, there's a legal way to do this, that there's a moratorium. 
But I said the CDC's order goes a little further. So this is what we really wanted to talk about right now. Because I read on the CDC's moratorium, Lauren, up to $500,000 in penalties if it's violated. See, it has teeth. Yeah, that's a lot of money. There's $100,000 or up to a year in jail if your violation doesn't result in death. That's a lot for... But up to $250,000 if it results in death. And those numbers go to $200,000 respectively if you're an organization like the Trump organization that violates this order up to a year in jail. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that we need to know. And here's what you need to know. The CDC's agency order doesn't protect anyone. Zero, zilch, kapui, no one, nothing, nada, useless, waste of time, only headlines unless the tenant fills out a declaration form, swears and signs, meaning before a notary, that declaration form, and gives and serves and provides this declaration form to the landlord. And to find this declaration form, you got to read the agency order. The agency orders tens of pages, 20 pages, 30 pages. I don't remember. You got to go with it because it's at the end of it. And if you don't do this declaration form, people are reporting. I'm reading because my issue is that these these news people, here's what they report. It applies to people who make no more than $99,000 on your annual income. That's not even so true because if you're married, it goes to 198000 But the key that I think is important is that they have to fill out this form, Lauren. So isn't that interesting? Imagine being a tenant again. You're not paying your rent. Why aren't you paying your rent? Because you don't got money. I don't know if you saw jobless claims that came out this week again. And wow, they're lower than last week. They're thinking that it's going to take 10 years to get back to where we were before the pandemic. That's what I'm hearing people say in Economists. And so jobless claims, you're not working. You got no money. Do you think you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to go online right now, read a 20 to 30 page document from the federal government that's written in lawyer jibber jabber, find a copy of a declaration, cut and paste the copy of the declaration, and I want to read it to you. It says you have to declare the following five things. The individual has used best efforts to obtain all available government assistance for rent or housing. Do you even know how to do that? And if, again, you don't do this right and you violate this thing, there's a fine up to $100,000. No one's doing this. Number two, the individual either expects to earn no more than 99000 in annual income for 2020, 198000 if it's joint, was not required to report any income, or received an economic impact payment from the CARES Act. Number three, the individual is unable to pay the full rent or make a full housing payment due to substantial loss of household income, loss of compensable hours of work or wages, a layoff or extraordinary out-of-pocket medical expenses. Four, the individual is using best efforts to make timely partial payments that are as close to the full payment as the individual circumstances may permit. Taking into account other non-discretionary expenses. Number five, the eviction would likely render the individual homeless or force the individual to move into and live in close quarters in a new congregate or shared living setting because the individual, you're probably hearing to yourself. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, one, blah. words. Number two, more words. Number three. <laughs> Lots number of words. Number four. And by the way, ah, so one second. Headache. Here's the thing, ready? We have this great headline, CDC issues. It's great for the public health because we're worried about this pandemic. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have the most vulnerable people <laughs> Have to read a 30-page approximate legal document, find at the end a declaration form, figure out how they can swear under penalty of perjury, meaning going to jail, 
assuming that they even qualify. And by the way, I'm betting no one qualifies because no one's making partial payments. Why would you make partial payments? You're still in default. If you are a tenant and you make partial payments without the landlord's okay, you still get evicted. What's the point of making partial payments? This says you got to make partial payments. And so you do this. But here's the interesting part. Here's the interesting part. You do this. Here's the interesting part. Here's the interesting part. You do this. And you get it wrong. Didn't you just commit perjury where you could go to jail? So the onus is on a tenant who is no money in dire circumstances. And they got to find this thing in the bottom of a document on an agency order. I'm a lawyer. And to find it, you got to go to S3.Amazon. AWS.com forward slash publics dash inspection dot federal register dot gov forward slash 2020 dash 19654 dot PDF. Who's going to find this thing? And they got to find this thing. And then they got to fill out the declaration. And then they got to get, this is going to help nobody, CDC. You say that you're the Centers for Disease Control. I feel like I have a big illness, a big brain illness from discussing this conversation right now. Help my public health. Make it simple, stupid. Why don't we have a form? Where can we find this form? This form should be readily available. You know what we're going to do, Lauren? Because we're the Leapcast. We're going to put this form on our blog, and we're going to give you this form on our blog if you go to blog.leabatlaw.com. That's L-I-E-B-A-T-L-A-W.com. Blog.leabatlaw.com. And we're going to give you this form because my friends Bryn Elliott of the Douglas Elliman Real Estate the team, the Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Alman Real Estate, they said to me, hey, we want to underwrite this segment because we want to get the word out there. That's what they said about who has what rights in landlord-tenant. How can we broker a landlord-tenant when no one understands what I say, 20 different moratoriums going on? And you got to have forms. And you, Bryn, Bryn Elliott, we appreciate you underwriting this segment. For you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on the block. And we're going to give the declaration because at least people should be able to realize what form they have to give to who. That's important. And what I'm going to suggest to everyone, again, is that it says in this, and this is the key, Lauren, this order does not relieve any individual of any obligation to pay rent, make a housing payment, or comply with any other obligation that individual may have under a tenancy, lease, or similar contract. That's the key. You see, landlords keep saying, hey, there's no one that's helping us. But I keep telling you every time we're on the Leapcast, there's a federal judge out of the Southern District of New York in a case where Cuomo was sued for his executive orders. And the federal judge said, landlords, what's your problem, guys? Here's what he said. You have a contract. They breached the contract. There's a thing called usury, which is up to 16% for an individual, up to 25% for a company, and usury restricts interest. But it's not interest when they default. You could charge whatever you want, and your lease is an interest rate. So long as it's not unconscionable. He says, hey, landlords, you're in business. If a tenant don't pay, you know what you do? You go to Supreme Court. That's New York's lowest court. If you're in another state, it might be district court, might be superior court. I don't know. The lowest court. You go there and you sue them on the lease. And you say, I'm going to get a judgment against you because even though I can't get rid of you yet because of this pandemic that's as bad as the 1918 influenza pandemic, even though I'm in this situation, I'm going to get a judgment and the judgment's going to be good against you for 20 years and I'm going to garnish your wages. I'm going to seize your bank account. I'm going to marshal your assets. I'm going to go after you and I'm going to get paid because landlords and eviction isn't your only option. 
That's why we don't need as many resources as the tenants. We need to start enforcing our leases. That's the key. This has been the Leapcast. Let's go, Islanders. See you next week. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentoleap.com.